everyone to the Paper Cuts podcast. By you hearing me first means that Dan is dead. I have killed him and gained back my power as the host for the show. And with there me today can only be one. Yes, yes, <laughs> of course. Uh, with me today is Evan. Hello. And we're going to talk about some comic books today. Uh, I guess Evan, why don't you go first? Uh, how has your adventures into Secret Wars been uh, treating you? Uh, it's more of the same. Um. I will go over real quickly this week's uh, books, but I am going to specifically talk about one or two of them that I read as books, not part of Secret Wars, because Dan told me to do that, and it made the books better. All right. So, (laughs) unfortunately. Um, This week, out of, I think there was 20 titles released by Marvel, 13 of them had some sort of Secret Wars alleged tie-in. That's bananas. Uh, th- yeah. Yeah, and I think two of them were also Star Wars They that weren't attached to Secret Wars. But anyhow, uh, first off is... Okay, I, I read them in alphabetical order backwards, but I'm going to go through them in a regular A through Z order. So you're going to understand why I'm... Prefacing that, because 1602, Witch Hunter, Angela, Part 1, I couldn't make it through this book. Because it was the last one I read, and the art done by Stephanie Hans and the writing done by Marguerite Bennett was was just, I couldn't take it anymore. It had nothing to do with Secret Wars, so I just bypassed it. Um... Last Days of Captain America and the Mighty Avengers number nine by uh, written by Al Ewing and art by Luke Ross. This was one of the better books of the series. It was, you know, before the whole ending of the world goes down. It's the, I think it was started like uh, 200 and something minutes before the worlds collide. And it's showing the breakdown of the Mighty Avengers. It was really heartwarming, really touching story about how the Mighty Avengers were there before all this went bad, just were there for the people of the, you know, the planet of United States and they were taking phone calls and, and, and just listening to people just basically saying, I don't want to die alone, which I mean, how they all tied off, tied up their loose ends with their families and friends and whatnot. It was really well done. Um, art was standard for that book. Nothing fantastic, but the writing was really, really good in that one. Um, Ghost Racers, number one, by Philippe Smith and art by Juan Gideon. Um, I am a fan of Ghost Rider, the, like, the, the, the older ones, the motorcycle riding ones, and this took place in a gladiator-style arena where all of the Ghost Riders are racing each other. So it's Speed Racer. It, in essence, yeah, because the track is booby-trapped and oh, whatnot. Oh, God, stop, no. <laughs> there was a Minotaur Ghost Rider, uh, you know, the, the standard Ghost Riders that have run through. Um, and then there's Robbie, who the most current one, and apparently uh, he, he drives a hot rod, and he is like the fan favorite. Um, cheers and whatnot, and and it's just it was a neat little thing to see a bunch of ghost riders racing each other, beating the shit out of each other, and it turns out that they are. It seems that the people putting on these races are setting Robbie up to fail by making him succeed. He's undefeated as of right now, and it seems like the the 
the promoters and whatnot are setting it up that way so at the very end they can bet against him and win a crap ton of money. So all in all, this all comes down to good old greenbacks, cash old monies. Um, Inferno number two, with written by Dennis Hopeless and uh, Javier Garin. Hopeless. Yeah, exactly. He didn't change his name? No. Huh. No. Um, it's... It has nothing to do with Secret Wars. It's Colossus trying to save his sister. Figured out last issue that his sister really doesn't want to be saved. But he's still going to keep going that way. But now he's teamed up with the Goblin Queen to actually defeat his sister with his sister's sword. And blah, 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 blah. No Secret Wars. Um, Did it have the Secret Wars thing yes. on it? Oh, yeah, that's it, good. The, the only reason that they have the Secret Wars, the only tie in most of these books have two Secret Wars is that they take place on i guess battle world that's that's really it it has it doesn't progress the the secret war story like the secret war story is doom and and how he is ruling the world how he's a fucking boss how he's a yeah we'll call him a boss um i I, out of those five books that i've already talked about maybe four they just say you know lord doom that's and that little preface at the beginning of the book that tells me that six one six and what is it sixteen oh one have merged. That's that's the only tie-ins so far. Um, Battleworld and Humans, Atlantis Rising number two, Charles Soleil and John Timms. Um, this was the the continuation of that like noir style book where Black Bolt is running a you know club and everybody who's anybody shows up at this club to. You know, talk business without having to report to Doom. Um, Medusa is trying to, because they are part of the resistance. Black Bolt, Deadpool, not Deadpool, um, Daredevil, and a number of other characters. They they're the resistance against Medusa and Doom and whatnot. And it's a clash between those two groups because in last issue, Medusa sent someone in to find out what's going on in the Quiet Room, which is the club that Black Bolt runs, and Black Bolt knows that she's a spy, sort of ingratiates her to the club, and it turns out that there is another spy in there that he didn't know about. Um, they, they capture that spy, but not before she releases some information to Medusa, so they have to evacuate the club, and all the while they're talking about this mission that they're they're trying to, to accomplish, but which is... um getting medical supplies into the war zone, which they can't teleport into, which apparently was thought about. Um, they're just trying to build their armies, you know, build up the resistance, so they're doing the little bits and pieces here to try to, to get people on their side. Um, Daredevil and his crew continue with the evacuation, and as they teleport to their new location, Medusa's team is there to, to you know, bust some heads and that's it. I mean, it was a tight story. It was more about, you know, the personalities of the characters as opposed to this, the overall Secret Wars story, which was interesting. I mean, but it's just that I would have read that just as a book, not tied in with Secret Wars. Um, My biggest disappointment for this entire run so far was Mrs. Deadpool and the Howling Commandos number one. Now... We have heard the phrase Howling Commandos for decades. 
That is Nick Fury's team from like World Wars, whether it be one, two, depending on when you read the book. Um, in this book, it's not them. It's Werewolf by Night, The Living Mummy, Frankenstein, um, Man-Thing, and my favorite of the worst was Marcus the Minotaur. Marcus the Minotaur? Oh, man, I haven't seen him <laughs> since uh, four years ago in high school. Good old Marcus the Minotaur. But Marcus the Minotaur has changed a little bit because now he's also coded with a symbiote. So they took Marcus the Minotaur. Apparently, he wasn't cool enough, and they gave him a symbiote. This was bad. It was supposed to be that Deadpoolian-type funny book, and it was just not good. It's about... Who did the uh, uh, the book? It was uh, Jerry Duggan and Salva Espin. Now, Duggan is the normal Deadpool writer, and that's fine for Deadpool. What they what they did was they took everybody because Deadpool does this like ghostly thing at the very beginning, sort of leading us into the story. Has a couple of <sighs> interstitials throughout the book, and then it tie up at the end. He's not in the book. He's not a character in the book or that specific story. He's you know the guy sitting in the chair with a smoking pipe reading a book. All the other characters were trying to carry on the funny, and it just wasn't working. So the thing is, is that they, they, this team, Mrs. Deadpool and, and, <laughs> and the Howling Commandos, just they apparently uh, her brothers have been killed and beheaded. So she's trying to revive them and they have to find the scepter of the manticore which apparently has been broken into two pieces. So she found the shaft but is now looking for the head. Now, if that's not innuendo, I don't know what is. Wow. That's a penis joke. What? What? <laughs> yeah. So, it, 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 he tried, it just missed the bullseye a little bit. I mean, that, that, that line of comedy only really hits the mark when it's coming out of Deadpool's mouth, so, good try, but, yeah, nope. Uh, Secret Wars 2099. The, the the book takes place in a prison with a couple of characters making some comments about breaking out. All of a sudden, a Grey Hulk falls into the building. Excuse me. Smashes into a building. Um, there's this little thing from Nick Fury going, well, did he, did he break into the building or did he... Did he fall into the building? And and this other person goes, well, what does that matter? And he goes, well, if he was, you know, fell into it, that means someone threw him. And, like, it was perfect timing because as he says that, a green Hulk breaks in and there's a fight. And, yeah. It was like they planned Hulks. it, Evan. I mean, almost. You know, it's crazy. Almost. At the very end, we get to see the Defenders from 2099, which was kind of cool. But still... Nothing to do with the overarching story of Secret Wars, except for the fact that it takes place there. <sighs> Secret Wars Journal number one, um, written by Kevin Moyer and art by Corey Smith. This was interesting because it has two very different stories that both take place in Killville, 
if I'm not mistaken, which was that that place where Modoc was the badass. The first half of the book, it seems like like a straight out of the the '80s Miami Vice style cop type story, which was meh, kind of boring. Lots of ex characters. I think I saw a rhino in there too, but he was wearing a, a, a you know a, a scully cap with a, a, a green sweatsuit zip up thing. But the, the what really got me was the second half of this story takes place in um Mr. Sinister's castle, I guess. Uh the artwork was gorgeous. I don't I I'm assuming that uh Corey did both cuz they are very very different. But this this takes place in in Sinister's castle where Daredevil is a chef and Electra is Sinister's like main assassin. Of course, Daredevil is in love with Electra and Unfortunately, she has she can't speak. Sinister took away her, her her vocal cord, so she can't talk. But he knows that Daredevil knows that she has feelings for him in some way, shape, or form. And Daredevil has been plotting to kill Sinister. Now, he's a really, really good chef, apparently. And the story progresses that Daredevil has acquired a poison that he's going to use on Sinister in his food. The only problem is is that Sinister makes Electra taste all of his food before he eats it. Now, Daredevil accidentally figured out that Electra can take very small bits of this poison and live. Sure, and, accidentally. Yeah, whatever. Well, no, what ended up happening is he was he was cutting something and and it involved the poison and then he accidentally cut Electra's food and he gave it to her and then realized after and then the next day she showed up so he put like two and two together that you know if it's a small enough dose she could build up an immunity so he's been doing this for a while and a while and then he he measured everything out so that with the last dose that he could give her leaves him just enough to kill Sinister so his his plan is coming to fruition he makes this wonderful meal, dumps the rest of the poison into it, assuming that Electra will eat the food and survive, and then Sinister, who does not have a tolerance, will eat the food and die. Well, that plan goes horribly awry because Sinister gives Electra the food. She stumbles for a second, and then I couldn't really tell if her head exploded or she just vomited up a, an amazing amount of blood, but she died. And the thing is, is that Sinister knew the whole time what Daredevil was doing. And every night when Electra ate the poison, she died. But Sinister is a cloner. He clones people, including himself. So every day, this motherfucker re-cloned Electra. What a dick. So that this, so this plan could progress just to be a giant jackass to Daredevil. I mean, it was like... I felt so bad for Matt at the very end of the story because he, he's not Daredevil. He's not a fighter. He's Matt Murdock, the chef, a really, really good chef. And the the the, the look of defeat that the, the art portrayed was heart-wrenching. I felt horrible for for Matt because he just killed his, his, his lady love. He was thwarted by the bad guy. Like, the guy's fucked. Like, that's it game over they kill him yeah so. his girlfriend's dead the fuck man <laughs> yeah really what's the point after that uh but i mean yet again nothing to do with secret wars except for 
the location. That was a really good second half of the book. Like, the book was awesome. Um, moving on, Spider-Verse number two. I don't know if you recall me reviewing Spider-Verse number one. It is a bunch of spider folk figuring out what's going on. This is more of the same. Um, there's a couple of more Spider-Ham jokes in this one. And they fight a carnage, a tombstone, and at the very end, the Sinister Six show up. But they still have no idea what's going on. So I'm assuming the next issue is going to be them still trying to figure shit out. Uh, they'll probably throw a couple more Spider-Ham jokes in there, and then they'll defeat the Sinister Six because they're Spider-Folk. That's their job. <sighs> Ultimate End number two, written by Brian Michael Bendis and art by... Bagley. Oh, that was the Hulk fight. Uh, you know, that the, their ultimate end it, it really Oh, no, no, no. This was Yeah, you're okay. right there. Um I I confused two titles, okay? Ultimate end was the prison. Right? Hold on. I got to figure this out because Orange, Orange is the new black? Exactly. Okay. It would be better. All right. Actually it's the 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 ultimate I'm trying to remember it because at the very end of the ultimates no this is this is at the very end of ultimates was the defenders from 2099 so the one that was what did i say i Battleworld and human. <laughs> See, like, this is what happens when none of the books are, are, are linear and tell a single story. Marvel Zombies, Battleworld. There was Ultimate End, Weird World. Like, none of these books had anything to do with... Was there an actual Secret Wars book, or is it just all... No, it was, it was bad. Like, the only thing that they're doing right now... There was Secret Wars 2099, which was the prison book, where it's just two Hulks fighting each other. Um, which is like the, the, the second half of the book. The first half of the book was, a, it was a continuation of all of the miscellaneous Avengers people from both universes talking to each other. And now Thor's because they're doing something wrong and the Thor's kill Hawkeye because he's like, no, I'm not listening to you. Apparently Hawkeye doesn't remember that Thor's are, you know, kind of powerful but there was no culmination of story. It was just a big battle with Hulks that had nothing to do with the other Avengers. Okay. Then in 2099, a similar situation, but at the very end, it's the Avengers that has the female Captain America that doesn't know her secret identity fights the Hulk from 2099 who is now the leader of the Defenders from 2099. I don't... All... I don't... No. Right! Okay. Nothing. <laughs> there is no linear story to Secret Wars at all. Nothing. None. It's now they're trying to give us stories that are sort of reminiscent of the people and characters that we know of from the past as if we've been in Battleworld the entire time. Are you following? No, like, I it, just, give, give me the regular Secret Wars books. I like those. They're good. And they're relatively entertaining, but the fact is, is that I, it, when, when it comes to Secret Wars, this could, in essence, go on 
forever. It's supposed to go on till August. Okay. I just use the word forever because they have not progressed the story since the first run of issues. But I don't I uh, first run. I read 12 13 books this week. I think it was 12 last week, maybe 13 last week. No story has been progressed. Nothing. Um World World was another book that was tied in uh it's I didn't I didn't it didn't appeal to me at all. The art was really off-putting. Um apparently they're bringing Morgan Le Fay into this universe as well. But but yet again no continuation, nothing, nothing. All right, the final and the only one that was actually a continuation of the Secret Wars story arc was Captain Marvel and the Carol Corps. Um, this takes place with Captain Marvel as a leader of a strike force for a military that's based in Battleworld. Um, she's given a mission. She f- she fulfills that mission. Her and her team of you know ragtaggy girl jet fighter jet fighter pilots. Um, when they start to think for themselves, they are 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 deemed blasphemous because once you start thinking outside the world of Lord Doom, you're going against all that is holy. So there's a science girl in this team where she's like. There's got to be more. There is something past what they're telling us. Um, where does light come from? Doom gives it to us. That's no, that's not the case. Uh, what's past the sky? The void. No, the sky just keeps going. It's space. It's where you come from, Carol. Like, these are the things that are, are, are being deemed as you cannot talk about in this world. A progression of a character. They are given a, a, a mission to go blow up a ship that Doom has said is housing Ultron heads, and it's a, an extreme danger to all the people. And as soon as um, Captain Marvel is given this mission, she starts to question it, and not in a way of, you know, I don't feel this is right or wrong. She's just like, hey, I'm curious. How did you get this information? Her superior officer is like, don't question my orders. Just go and do your job. Skedaddle. So as she's going to do her job and she's doing a flyover and there's this ship and her her jet fighter female pilots are behind her in formation. I try to put as many Fs in that as possible. She happens to notice that there's there's a person on on the boat, a human. And the only problem is she notices just a second and a half too late because they've already launched their missiles and they blow up the ship. Now, we flash over to after the whole mission is done, the team minus Captain Marvel is regrouped and they're trying to figure out what's going on or what has happened. And there's a knock on the door and and, and Captain Marvel is there, beaten, carrying the lifeless body of the person that she tried to or that she either saved or tried to save off of this ship. And this is the point where she realizes... There is more than what Doom has told us, and I'm going to figure it out. Are you guys with me? And of course, to be continued. This is the only book that progressed the story arc because someone is now going against the word of Doom. This is the, 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 that first 
pinhole in the dam that is Secret Wars, where it's going to start to crumble and turn into regular weekly books. The Doom Dam. <laughs> this, this, I am now, like, I would read this book without the Secret Wars tie-in. Like, it was really well written. The art was great. The story, like, it, it kept me entertained the entire time. It was, it's a, a team of girls that are all equal to each other and all look up to this superior character, which is, of course, Captain Marvel. It was the best one, in my opinion, out of the run of 13 this week. I hope they make a book that I, has I, I, Doom I, building a dam about the <laughs> Doover Dam. I doubt it's going to happen, but you never know. They'll throw anything into this fucking Apparently mishmash. So. It was so. Yeah, that's what I got, sir. What do you got? I didn't hate myself for reading thirteen books. I only read uh, I only read a few books, but I they were all good. They were all good, and I was happy to read them. So, as per uh, one of our lovely, lovely listeners that actually is a part of our website, Chris, I'm talking about you. Shh, I'm gonna we don't I'm say gonna, his name here. I'm gonna mark a spoiler alert here, where if you don't want to hear anything about the Worlds Unite stuff, fast forward ahead a little bit. And I'll stop talking about it later on. So, yeah, there you go. There's your spoiler alert. Uh, so I figured. So it, should I hang up? Because I don't. I don't want to hear about it. You have to. Sorry. No, damn. <laughs> it's in the. Uh, it's in the contract. Um, but yeah, Worlds Unite was Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, I'm going to say two seventy eight. I will confirm that in a second, but this was a very large improvement upon the much-hated Sonic Boom, because I fucking hate Sonic Boom. Last week, I wasn't very happy to read the Sonic the Hedgehog books. This week, I was I was pretty pretty impressed. Uh, it was it was fun to read. Uh, it didn't really progress the story too much. I guess we're going the same vein as Secret Wars, Worlds Collide. <laughs> They're all doing it now, but this was very like actiony. There was a lot of stuff going on. It was a lot of fighting. I was right last week, I believe, I called that Dr. Light would turn back on his uh, Mega Man 3 robots because they wanted to be turned off because they couldn't fight. Well, crisis is upon us, and Dr. Light's like, well, you guys said you wanted to fight. Here's a fight. I Fight's <laughs> happening. Get out there and do your stuff. Fight. Go fight. So, oh, uh, Mega Man 273, not 278. So if you guys want to pick up that book, it is Sonic the Hedgehog. Jesus, I am off today. Sonic <laughs> the Hedgehog 273. That is the book you'd want to get if you want this book. Um, so it, it sort of devolves into we can't beat these guys. Let's just keep throwing more characters at them and see what happens. So Sonic's the, the robot Sonic the Hedgehog is in the Mega Man universe and the evil Mega Man is in the Sonic universe. So it starts out with the Freedom Fighters trying to take on Mega Man. It's not working. Knuckles shows up. He starts like, he's like, I don't need weapons. I got Knuckles, and I'm going to punch you in the face. And Mega Man's like, fuck you. I don't need you. I'll kill you. So then he knocks him out. Uh, I'll kill you. <laughs> and, and then that, that one of those stupider characters shows up. Like uh, I'm going to get in trouble for this because I know a lot of people like her. But uh, that character, Amy, Amy Rose, I think her name is, is... Uh, that like the pink fox thing that's in love with Sonic 
shows up oh, and the love interest. Yeah, sort. Well, she loves Sonic. Sonic doesn't love her, so it's a one-way love interest. Ooh, what the, that's that's unrequited love interest. Yes, yes. Gives it depth. But uh, it, it it gets weird. Like at that point, she's like big now, and this giant cat sits on Mega Man, and apparently that buys them some time for them to figure out what to do. But it doesn't really work that well because Mega Man's like, "Fuck you! I don't need your help," and he throws big off of him and keeps going on a rampage. To what end? We don't know yet. Go over to the Sonic. Uh fighting all the Mega Man characters. Dude, these Mega Man characters are getting the shit kicked out of them. All the Mega Man 1 bosses don't stand a chance. Mega Man 2 bosses still kind of getting walloped on. And then uh, Dr. Light's like, listen, Mega Man 3 guys, we need you. And they're like, we were built to fight, Dr. Light. This is our job. We got this. And it was kind of cool <laughs> because I, I felt a little like justified that I took that guess and it was right. Uh, so getting to see them uh, fight against Sonic was cool because... They have a bit of attitude to them since Wily like just straight up built them. So all the Mega Man two and three bosses were out there in full force, just trying to serve Sonic a uh, full nice dish of beatdown. <laughs> and it was going good for a few minutes till Sonic the Hedgehog is like too fast, and he's all over the place. He starts beating them up again, and the story leaves off with um these two characters coming towards a, coming out of a portal that look like Mega Man and Sonic's silhouettes. But how can that be? Because Mega Man and Sonic are bad guys right now. So I'm hoping maybe it's like Mega Man X and Zero are showing up or something and they're going to save the day. But we'll see. I don't know yet. Uh, Is that another prediction? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, let's let's I'll I'll keep up with my predictions. I think Mega Man X and Zero are probably going to stop either Sonic or Mega Man. We don't know yet. But once one of them is free, the other one will be free shortly after. That is a definite uh presumption there. Uh and that that, that will happen because they the, the book is about them working together, so the sooner they get on the same page the better. However, they were advertising that they were going to have all the other Capcom characters show up in this book and a bunch of the Sega characters too. So I'm sort of interested how they're going to sort of tie this all together because I want Ryu and Arthur to show up. So I'm I'm still waiting on that. How pissed off would you be if it was just like a, a gladiator arena scene and all the characters are just sitting in the stands watching? Pretty goddamn mad. <laughs> Pretty fucking mad. Actually... That That's something up... Secret Wars would do. Well, yeah. Uh, but that, that brings me up to a, uh, a good point, is that one of the things in this book that I'm not liking is they're taking that Marvel and DC route where at least two or three times in this book it said, check out this issue of Sonic Battles releasing later this month, or check out this issue of Mega Man coming out later this month. I don't like that. I don't. I, I don't it's not even stuff that's out yet. They're they're advertising for things that aren't out. If people want to read this, they will. They don't need an advertisement in the middle of the book telling me that. Also, don't talk about things that haven't happened. It's not smart. <laughs> Just don't. Don't do it. Don't. Spoilers. Don't reference things that you haven't <laughs> written about or that aren't released yet. Because then I get confused, and I'm like, well, now I don't know what happened, and this is stupid, because you're talking about things that aren't in here, and I haven't read. So, 
I, I got a little mad at that. You know, I, I don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy solicitations built into the story. That doesn't doesn't really sit well with me. It's and it's it's a trait that Marvel and DC have been doing for a long time. Uh I heard Dan's rant not too long ago when uh they did that with the action comics issue that came out however many weeks before or at, it was something way out of whack but at least you have the ability to progress forward like hey check this out when it comes out not hey go back 14 issues to another title that you have nothing to do with and look at it here yeah i i guess it was something to look forward to but you know it's just one of those things where it was a very random piece of information and i'm like well that's not out how do you're mentioning characters that haven't even been introduced why why would you do this so i'm not i'm not exactly the most excited about stuff like that oh, excuse me mm. ah, better i got indigestion <laughs> from the bullshit uh but you know it, it was a cool book it was it was just a lot of action and a lot of fighting and i think we needed an issue like that because right now there was a lot of setup so this was the first issue that actually had a bit of the worlds you know clashing together and duking it out which was cool so i mean you know you have to read this to get the story at least this one was better than sonic boom because sonic boom last week evan just the long and short of it was is fuck sticks the badger that should not be a person. <laughs> Fuck the Sonic Boom universe. The end. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, it wasn't okay. the worst book, but the fact that I had to read it for the story to progress, not cool. How many different titles is this story rocking through? Uh, Well, they're introducing a couple limited uh runs, but if you're talking about the actual ongoing series, four. Four. Okay. Yeah, it's one Mega Man and three Sonics. Okay, Which, three different Sonic titles? Correct. Okay. Uh, and two of them have two different Sonics. They're Sonic Universe and Sonic the Hedgehog are the same Sonic, and then Sonic Boom is a totally different Sonic. But it seems like they're... Does he have a mustache? No. Uh, no he oh. has a ascot. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I want to punch him in the face. I want to punch him in the face ascot. so hard... <laughs> <laughs> that his face just collapses into his skull. Into his ascot. <laughs> into his ascot, yes. It just creates a black hole, a singularity, if you will. Uh, the ascot of doom. Yes. Lord doom. <laughs> Anyhow. Lord ascot. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's... It, there. It it wasn't a bad book. It would uh, this this week. It was a good book. I I enjoyed it. Again, there's just not much going on with the story. You really don't get that much that you didn't know. Um, it's really just Sonic and Mega Man destroying towns, and we gotta stop them. So go. That's it. <laughs> but uh, you know, man, it's it's all good fun. Uh, I'm I'm. It's not like convergence where you got. 15 issues of the same thing and then the last minute they want to try and throw in all the story so you know whatever man it's it's cool um i i enjoyed it so i think most people will enjoy the book if you want to see some more action and a lot of robots getting beat up this is the book to do it in this is definitely the book uh getting off of that I actually read some of the new dc stuff i got to read batman and batman versus superman if, is it verse or is it V? Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, uh, 
It's it's not either of them. It's Batman slash Superman or Superman Ooh. slash Batman. You know the book that's been going on for a while. It's just okay. Um, <laughs> it's with the new character designs and uh, recast. So Batman's gone uh, in the Batman book. Obviously, this is mm-hmm. Scott Snyder and Capullo uh, back at it. What I did like, which was cool, is they poke some fun at their bat suit. Gordon says right in the middle of the uh, book while he's looking at them designing the suit, what 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 is this? Is this a uh, bunny bat robot suit? Who who wants to? This doesn't. This isn't Batman. This I don't I don't know what this is. That's my Gordon uh, impression. I hope you like it. Uh, but apparently Gordon is a big fan of the show. Yeah, he's a huge fan of the show. But uh, yeah, you know, it's just it's. It's it's fun that they were able to take that criticism and sort of spin it into something humorous, and I thought that was uh, tasteful. You know, other people who would have gotten that hate probably would have just blocked that out as a really bad memory. But Capullo and Snyder were like, "Fuck it, let's roll with it," which is appreciable and commendable. Right. They are gentlemen and scholars. Other than that, the book was cool. This is um, Gordon's first go in that bat suit trying to you know figure out what batman would do or what he should do as batman to really keep that name going and uphold that title so it's a lot of monologuing between himself which most batman books are there's a lot of inner monologuing going on and this is a really simple case it's just a gangbanger who got control of a um, some sort of like a, uh, how do I? I'm I'm trying to figure out how to word this. He has this platform that he steps on, and he can control a um sort of like an elemental, like a, a this a huge electric golem, I guess. And um, interesting. What happens is he's holding one of the most uh wealthy baseball players ransom in his house while he's making uh, a diversion uh, with this giant golem. So the golem's buying him time so he can extort money from this baseball player and get all his goods and then run off. Uh, However, Gordon figures this out and uh, is like, I shouldn't be fighting this golem because, one, I can't kill it. It's made of pure electricity. How do you kill it? And, two, um, you know, I, I... know where this guy is controlling it and that's what he was looking for halfway through the book was like this i I'm, i gotta be thinking like batman if i can't kill this thing there must be someone controlling it so let me go find him so he goes and finds him and uh what happens is is it switches to the the gangbanger holding this baseball player hostage with the gun to his head and the baseball player says like you can never uh amount up to anything that Batman was or that I was, you're just, you're nothing but, like, a piece of scum. So, of course, being a gangbanger, he probably doesn't take that very well, as you could imagine. So he puts a gun to the baseball player's head, and he's like, Batman's no more. Who the hell's gonna get me? The stupid robot thing? And all of a sudden, you hear, like, a little shink, and there's, like, a tiny little battering now on the gangbanger's neck. And he's like, what the hell? And all of a sudden, he just gets electrocuted, and he's on the ground after that. And you see um, 
Gordon out of the bat suit in a uh, like out of the bat armor in an actual like more Batman type of suit. It's all black with like uh, yellow outlines, sort of looking like a Tron suit, I guess, because you know it's all cybernetics and shit. Why not Tron and um, very Batman Beyondy? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's cool. Like it it was it was a good story. I I actually really enjoyed it, and you know I could I could live with Gordon being Batman after this. I it's it's not bad. Um, and it's a good introduction into, you know, what will be happening. Cause you find out that, um, Gordon is now living by himself in this huge suite that, uh, the powers corporation set up for him and that he's training there to get stronger and be better so he can be a better Batman. Uh, also you find out that Bruce might not be dead. <gasps> Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah, go figure. Really? Bruce, Batman not really dead. Really kill the Batman? Yeah, you know why why would we do that? That'd be crazy talk. So, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the book, someone's walking past um this guy sitting on a bench who was actually at the beginning of the story too, just a quick shot of him. And uh this is four frames of the guy walking past backing up and saying Bruce Wayne. And uh that's where the story ends is that we're like, oh shit, Bruce might still be alive. That's crazy. Now, going to Batman Superman, read them in this order. Read Batman first, then read Batman Superman. Uh, mainly because going into the Batman Superman book, it's Superman saying, you know, what the hell's going on in this town and everything. Uh, you know, uh, I, I need to get to the bottom of this. And he goes to Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor's like, listen, all this shit's going on in Gotham City. That's where you need to go if you want to figure anything out. I'll take you there, actually. So Lex Luthor volunteers himself to be Batman's buddy. So this is actually Superman Luthor, not Batman Superman. They're buddies Wait, right now. What? Huh? <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know what the fuck's really going on here, but Superman thought like a lot of the really shady shit going on had to do with Luthor. And Luther's like, well, I don't have to answer to you anymore. You don't have superpowers. And then Superman slams his fist on the table and nearly breaks it in half. So he might not be Superman, but he's definitely don't want to fuck with me, man. <laughs> That's a whole lot of letters on his chest now. <laughs> you know, just a D's fine, I guess, or D-W-F-M. Whatever, we'll figure it out. Well, we can, we'll de-whiff him, man. You know, whatever. It's yeah. cool. Um, but so Luther's like, all right, chill out, man. Uh, what's happening is going on in Gotham. Let me take you there. Let's figure this out. And, you know, we'll we'll go from there. So Superman and Luther go to Gotham to try and figure out what's going on. Uh, when Superman actually gets into a bit of trouble down there, there are some, some guys actually wanting to hurt Superman now that they know he's depowered and it's based in Gotham. So he actually ends up getting into a big fight um, with uh, some of these guys. And I, I think they were cops or security got involved and wanted to help Superman, but they actually got in the way and Superman saved them. However, Gordon being new Batman kind of decks Superman in the face and like puts him down, lets the bad guys get away and the security guard's like, what the fuck, man? Like, Superman was just trying to help us out, and you you punched him in the face? 
that's not cool. And Gordon's like, oh, oh, he was he was trying to help. Oh, oh, okay, all right. Um, <laughs> so after that, once Superman gets away, he is like, that's not Bruce. Bruce doesn't wear a suit. Bruce doesn't hit that hard. Bruce doesn't need a fucking robot. So he goes to the uh, Arkham Manor, uh, which they do mention. So I guess that's canon now that it has been converted into uh, the that the rehabilitation center or whatever, prison, okay. whatever you want to call it. And um, he finds Alfred, and Alfred spills the beans about what happened and that Bruce isn't around anymore. And that Alfred's like, listen, just let it go, accept it. Bruce would want that. He doesn't want anyone to bring him back. Just leave it alone. Now, Clark's not dumb. He's like, (laughs) something's wrong here. Uh, I don't care, you know, what Alfred says. Before he was a butler, he was an actor. So An actor. Actor. (laughs) Of the Shakespearean kind. Um, Right. One of them fancy ones. Yes, yes. Very fancy. So... Superman is like, all right, fine. And Alfred says, listen, you know, use the Batcave for whatever you need to do. Use Bruce's stuff. He would want it that way. Uh, just don't don't try and bring him back. Just, you know, let it be. He's dead. Let him rest in peace. Superman doesn't really want that. He wants to know what's going on and, you know, what happened. So he doesn't have any so, of his superpowers to track him down. You know, he doesn't have super hearing to track his heartbeat. He doesn't have super sight or anything. So he he does have the next best thing though, a red motorcycle. I was gonna go with the Bat computer, but yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, he he takes <laughs> Batman's motorcycle because fuck the Bat computer, and paints it red and takes it around, and that's. <laughs> Sort of more or less how the the, the book just ends is Superman looking for Bruce now uh, because he knows he's out there, and now we know he's out there because we read it in the Batman book. So that's the order you should read it in. Read Batman first, then read Batman Superman. It makes more sense that way. Well, I mean, I guess you could do it the other way. If you you do it the other way, it's an even more... moment at the end of the batman yeah but i don't know but I, I we all know that they're not getting rid of bruce wayne yeah or batman it's... well i mean then we have which i haven't read yet the justice league stuff okay which is bat god mm-hmm. so are we going to see bruce wayne come back to batman anytime soon we we might not bruce wayne might have an entirely new role and you know, I guess we'll have to see how that goes, which I don't know. I'm not very excited about Batman New God, but, you know, we'll see what happens, man. It could be I, all right. I, I feel at the end of this, and this will be my prediction. You made, you made a prediction for Sonic. I'll make a prediction for here. Batman is imbued with all of these new godlian powers. Superman has no powers or very limited powers, which is a, a, a tipping of the scales. At some point in time, they're going to switch again. Like, Batman is going to give his powers back to Superman because Superman needs them to do his job. Batman does not. He needs his monies and his computers and whatnot. So, that's what I see happening later on. You know what? I kind of just hope Bruce Wayne, you know, just sort of doesn't do anything for a while. I mean, (laughs) Superman's getting back his powers, so it's not like they're gone forever. It's just he... Every time he used that big, like, super 
spirit bomb thing, mm-hmm. it took a lot out of him. It started taking more and more. And the last time was it was just it was too much. So, you know, he he kind of really really fucked himself over uh, doing that, which is kind of a cool concept because now we have the Superman, which is a bit more normal. And really cool, like, I like the uh, design where, you know, he's got the, the indestructible cape actually just wrapped around his knuckles like boxing gloves, which is kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, it is. It was neat. Yeah. And, you know, the shaved head, the the T-shirt. I mean, it's a, he's a street-level crime fighter now, which is not what we're used to when it comes to Superman. It, it's 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 a good thing to see that they, they actually take a mainstream character, one of their, you know, their top three and give him a little bit of a facelift or a little spin, even if it is for a short period, because you know, just like all things comic books, it will it's cyclical. He'll come back to cape flying and spit curl wearing Superman eventually. What I'd like to see happen is him not get all his powers back and him still be fallible. Because if that can happen, then. Really, anything can happen in the book. We could see him get hurt. We could see him die, which I obviously won't happen anytime soon. But, you know, the idea of it being there would be enough to make the book interesting again. You know, when Superman's so powerful that no person can hurt him, it's it's not fun to read anymore because he's just going to win no matter what. There's only so many things you could throw at him. And if he can come back from Doomsday, then he can come back from just about anything when he's that strong. So, you know. Right, but the th- the thing is is that we if we lose Superman at his full capabilities, we lose a laundry list of villains that can't that can't be defeated. If there is no Superman, there is no Doomsday. There is no Superman. There is no apocalypse. You know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right. It's just I. It is what it is. I I like we'll I just I like <laughs> Superman so much, and you know I I I've liked him since I was a kid. So I just don't like him being put on the back burner. And right now, it's a good book, and I'm sure a lot of people are reading it because it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I just I don't want it to go back to being like yeah you know Superman Superman he was doing Superman stuff Superman <laughs> you know d- just I I don't want that to happen so I am hopeful that uh, who, who was it uh Greg Pax on this book correct right yeah. so you know a g- great stuff from him uh, I I I think he can keep this book going and I I hope he will because I love Superman I love Aquaman I lo- I like those. Superman's not an underdog character, but the book's more of an underdog now. Batman far overshadows Superman most of the time. So uh, most of the time, yeah. You know, that's so correct. I I like to see it when this gets more interesting than a Batman book because while Batman was good, Gordon as a robot isn't all that you know surprising. I I it, well, someone. I mean, it, they already gave the mantle to what they gave it to Dick at one point in time. Yeah. They. I mean, like. It, it's the next logical place for it to go because Gordon has been the consistent through everything. Gordon and Alfred, those are the two. Right. That have always been there, always been within his cast of characters. And, you know, Gordon's a cop. Gordon's a, a genuinely good human being. He wants the best for, you know, Gotham. There's there's no other option. There's no choice. Right, and that's why they give him the mantle is because, you know, there are stronger people, there were faster people, there were smarter people. 
but there's no one like Gordon that can mm-hmm. do that job, and that's why they picked him. Yeah, makes sense. You know, otherwise I wouldn't really want a 42-year-old trying to save the city. <laughs> a little on the old side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. No offense to our 42-year-old listeners. Yeah, no offense at all. <laughs> Big fans of the show, all of you. But, yeah, that's all I got. So I guess uh, I guess we're going to tie it up for the uh, for the week. Sounds good. All right, uh, Evan, you got stuff. Guard State Comic Fest, July 25th and 26th. We are down to, like, the 40s when it comes to day count. Um, big news, I think it was last week, we got... Um, a, a very famous artist coming to our show, um, a man that we may know. I'm, I'm not sure if you, you may know his name, Dean. Um, he goes by Neil Adams. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a really big get for us. Um, so, I mean, it's only getting better as, as the days slowly wind down to when we actually open the doors and let people in to go see all of this stuff. It's It's getting better and better so check us out on facebook on our at our website we have twitter it's all under uh garden state comic fest well sweet um i'm excited you know we're gonna be there and everything we got a panel going on that day too so it'll be a lot of fun find us on the floor take pictures with us take pictures with with your favorite comic book artists and writers uh take pictures with both of us fighting them you know whatever that's cool oh jesus i i I didn't mention names man so we're in the clear (laughs) <laughs> cp dubs I'm i mean looking at cp you. dubs will be there I'm, I'm looking at you man get us a wrestling ring we'll duke it out <laughs> batman superman one style of, one, of, one of those big blow up ones and you both have to wear those giant foam oh like sock and boppers <laughs> oh yeah dude let's do it let's do it all right cool oh, so boy. garden state comic fest check it out less actually we're we're heading down to almost a month away so yeah get your tickets and stuff be there it'll be a lot of fun i promise i've actually talked to a bunch of people i work with too and they're coming so i mean and i didn't even tell them about it they they just knew they they asked if geekade was going to be a garden state conference and i said hell yeah we are are you guys going they said hell yeah we are so be cool and then you high-fived and the the frame stopped and the music played exactly you it's amazing you knew it (laughs) Uh, so yeah, besides being on your Garden State Comic Fest swag, uh, definitely check out our website, www.geekade.com and check out the show notes, which are listed below the, uh, audio where you can check out all the links to the books we read, uh, except Secret Wars. You can check out the link that I put to just all of them listed on a website. I am not listing each book separately. That would take me far too fucking long. I... Besides that, we also have links for our social stuff, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Tumblr, Twitch, all that good stuff. And we have a link for emailing us as well. So if you want to get in contact with us, that would be the place to do it in the show notes. Also, if you're listening to this on iTunes or any sort of podcast catcher, be sure to rate us. It really helps. Five stars is great. Write a nice little something about how cute we are. And uh, yeah, that's it. We appreciate all the patronage. And for Evan Goldstein, Dan Ryan, and myself, I'm Dan Ryan. Have a good day. (laughs) 